Hi, everybody. This is pro wrestling legend Jim Cornette, and you're listening to The Rough House. Behold, a podcast for the ages. Recorded live from the interdimensional terror vortex of their subterranean dwellings comes The Rough House Podcast version 3.0. Two galactic warriors put down their war hammers and battle axes to perform a more noble task. Complaining about professional wrestling on internet purchased microphones. Now with more Simpsons references and Kota Ibushi thirst. This is the Rough House Podcast with Marty and Kristoff. Hello everybody and welcome to the Rough House Podcast episode number 260 Ooh. Uh, for January 16, <laughs> 2022. Hello, I am Marty. Uh, and I'm Christoph, and I realize I make the same sound every week when you say give the episode number because <laughs> it just further dawns on me the amount of time I've spent uh, talking about ProRes. It's yeah. uh, it's well, significant. It's a well, significant also number think of about time. How much you speak about it for free? Well, free ish. You know? Yeah. Like how much? How much of your time? I mean, look. I, I, the way I always look at it is. For some people, it's baseball. For some people, it's football. Sure. For some people, it's hockey. For some very particular weirdos on this side of the pond, it's uh, soccer. Mm-hmm. For mm-hmm. us, it's pro wrestling. Yeah. No, I mean, you know, it's a it's a hobby. It's a sport that I – or sport uh, – an entertaining uh, version of sport. Uh. Yeah. Well, for the <laughs> most part, um, which kind of brings me right into the first thing I want to slam right into right here, right now. Slam. Da, da, da. Wrestling Federation for over 50 years. All right. Uh, so to, to to pull the curtain back, I had something I wanted to do this week, and we'll oh. still get to it. Okay. Um, there was something I wanted to do this week. Uh, there was a bit of news that had come out, and I was hoping Chris hadn't heard about it because I know Chris no longer you, – you no longer stay on the pulse of WWE. You, you're pretty checked not. out. Um, yeah, I mean, stuff, stuff will pop up on Twitter yes. uh, occasionally that I'll see, but I don't. I certainly don't pursue information in regards to that. No. You know, I'll have I have a text. You know, our text messages are, I'd say, what sixty five percent wrestling at yeah. the at yeah. the at the lowest, and then I have like you know a different text group with the Leica lads talking about wrestling and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So, you know, it's kind of. It, it, stuff it gets brought to my attention. World. Yeah, but there was a story that came out this week, which we'll talk about in a minute. That I, I, I feel like you've heard about because there's been subsequent discussion about it. But okay. it's one of those things where I feel like if if you were hearing it straight from me, you would think I'm doing a bit for the show. <laughs> we're going right. to talk about that in a second, though, because we have breaking news. I had to use the NBC one because every time I hear that, I think shit's gone down. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No more than like an hour ago, uh, WWE superstar Mustafa Ali hopped onto the social medias and announced that he was requesting his WWE release. Uh, and the social media post cro- uh, posted all across the web. He said, I have a message that is much bigger than my dreams in pro wrestling. Despite my best efforts, I will not be able to deliver this message while working with WWE. Therefore, I am requesting my release from WWE. So there we go. Uh, another one exits the ship, Chris. So do you think he had already 
submitted a request internally to the company and then maybe they said no and he's like fuck you guys i'm doing this publicly so you have no choice sort of situation i I wonder if it's that or if dude like just had his to-do list for sunday and he (laughs) sent an email to johnny ace yeah and as soon as he heard that send noise Uh uh-huh he just had the tweet you know ready to go it was in his drafts exactly and he just sent that yeah he's he's had this in in there since he got added to retribution he's been he's been ready to send it uh but yeah he he sent that out and you know now he's just enjoying an afternoon with his wife and absolute brood of children uh because uh, ali has not been on television uh in months it was believed uh that uh part of it was um uh, due to uh, paternity leave, but uh-huh. uh, Fightful reporting he's been ready to go since December. Uh, but and- Creative had nothing for him. Oh, no, Creative had something for him. It was not explained, uh, but uh, Vince McMahon, uh, and this is according to Sean Rassap over at Fightful, Vince McMahon oh, man, made a pitch to Ali regarding, and this is all it says, regarding a direction for his character which could have been the catalyst to, for uh, not being used. The two had an argument over the direction. I think you can connect the dots there. Uh, it's very easy to extrapolate the type of character that one Vincent Kennedy McMahon might want someone with the name Mustafa Ali to play. Yeah, yeah. I uh, wonder what role he would be playing uh, in <sighs> WWE's Smile Time uh, uh happy hour of nations uh absolutely nothing controversial or stereotypical on that programming no uh, never such such strong stalwarts of uh their races like the uh speechless vi- uh, speechless violent giant omos um uh-huh. the ninja tozawa uh-huh. and uh mansoor who just gets pulled out of nowhere when they go to saudi arabia well, let's not forget that uh, Veer Mahan is coming, too. Uh, I, allegedly. I don't know. It's allegedly. been two weeks without a vignette. Oh, really? And he was on main event. <laughs> okay. So great news <laughs> about that was he was on main event. But okay. you know, Chris. Yeah. That does kind of bring me to the other side of things. That story I was going to tell yeah. you about. It came out this week uh, that WWE... Uh, not only returning to Saudi Arabia in February, but the main event will be an elimination chamber match in Saudi Arabia. In Saudi, they're bringing the elimination chamber to Saudi Arabia. Wow, <laughs> that is certainly a choice. <laughs> it, uh, it could not be more uh, hitting the nail on that, like. That's a kayfabe news headline. Yeah. (laughs) I mean. Like, how are they not? I mean, or are they that self-aware? Like. I I just. (laughs) They're oblivious. Yeah. They're they're in their own world. And in their own world, which is run by a megalomaniacal septuagenarian who is, you know out of touch out of time of fucking everything yeah. out of uh you know out of his meds maybe i just an elimination chamber in saudi arabia first of all you just think of the sheer logistics of it yeah they have to bring like an extra plane 
Yeah, it's it's not like it's something you can just keep in a briefcase, right? Are you are you gonna like you know? You rent it's it not like you can go to the the local Saudi Arabia Home Depot and buy some right. tables, ladders, and chairs. Right? Yeah, I mean, this is separate like a one thirty fucking cargo plane to yeah. carry all the all the materials you need for elimination chamber, as opposed to just driving it in a couple trucks down the highway. You have to take it across a fucking ocean. <laughs> yeah, that, like they probably planned this shit back in September. It's been on a boat uh, since. You think they have local union talent help set up that uh, you elimination think there are chamber unions in Saudi Arabia, Chris? That, that was the joke. Yeah, okay. That was, <laughs> now <laughs> that, that said, if someone wants to fact check, check me and produce information from Google about you know local I, Saudi Arabia two fifteen, I'd like, be happily pleased. Yes, if that was the you case. know what? I I would love to hear that. Um, if we could double back real quick, however, yes. Yeah. Uh, Mustafa Ali uh-huh. deciding now is the time to bet on myself. Now is the time to leave WWE. Now, if what one can discern is true about the direction pitched to Mustafa Ali. I mean, yeah. Okay, I get it. Yeah, like that. that, that, that you, you can't tell your boss to go fuck himself fast enough. Yeah. Now, I, man, I'd love to be – I would have loved to be a fly on the wall in that, you know, in Vince's office at whatever arena they were at. And, yeah. you know, he calls for Ali to come to his office and Ali comes in and he says him down, well, kid, here's what I got in store for you. You remember 9-11? <laughs> and then it just fucking goes from there. And then I, I – just the, the white hot boiling rage that had to have um, – accumulated within the body of Mustafa Ali sitting there listening to it, trying not to, you know, or trying to restrain himself from punching this old man's head off. Oh man, I can't imagine that sort of situation. Uh, I, neither can I, the, the part that's even funnier to me though, is trying to imagine after this heated confrontation, a Bruce Pritchard or, or a Michael Hayes or someone of that note. So I'm like, listen, kid, (laughs) this could be your moment. Oh, yeah. Especially coming from a Michael Hayes, that piece of trash. Good wow. Lord. Yeah. Wow. My, my under- You know what? At that point, based on what we know about Michael Hayes, he probably was trying to explain to him, look, I get being Arabic, brother. <laughs> <laughs> I know you Arabs got it uh, got it tough over there. Oh, in the words of Michael Hayes, not the words of us. Oh, uh, God. God. Yeah. This fucking... This By the way, he's he's company. he's South Asian. He's not Middle Eastern. Oh, I know. By the well, way. I know. Oh, no, you. I know you know. <laughs> I'm just you know for <laughs> to the to the to the Michael uh, P.S. Hayes people yeah. who uh, who leak what we say about him, like yeah, people. Yeah. Peter Ma- Michael N. Word Pass Hayes. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but oh I, I I do have to ask at the same time: Is this really a great time to go independent? Well, the way I read that statement, it almost doesn't seem like he – and I have no idea what his intentions are. Yeah. But I, I can interpret his statement as maybe not wanting to continue wrestling. It seems like oh, that's fair. you know his message and what he wants to, uh, to accomplish with any sort of uh, clout or notoriety he's attained yeah. may transcend pro wrestling and talk about some kind of you know societal reform. Like sure. right before – as I was – taking 15 minutes to reboot my old laptop before we started <laughs> recording. I was scrolling through Twitter yeah. and, uh, and Bix had retweeted the, you know, segment he did on, on raw talk last summer 
uh, about you know how there needs to be societal reform within yeah, yeah, law enforcement, and, yeah. and then two weeks later, because he, he is a former police officer, right? It is worth yeah. saying. And then two weeks later, he was put in retribution. Right, so right. you know, there's that the, the, um, the evil Antifa group, right? Retribution. So I, I feel like, and uh, yet yeah, I have no idea what he's going to do. I have no direct line to Mustafa Ali. Um, but I yeah. feel like it may not involve pro wrestling. It very well may. And, you know, he may pop up on fucking dark in a couple months or maybe not dark. Maybe, you know, maybe dynamite. I don't know. Or maybe he'll show up in uh, MLW or impact or when uh, or you strong or yeah, who, there's who, who knows their place is GCW, you know, yeah. uh, and, and, and we'll have a little bit more on them uh, in, in a minute or three. Um, but uh, the one bit that that I think would be intriguing in all of this is uh, I don't know if you remember this story, but do you know who made a really strong pitch for Mustafa Ali in WWE? Hmm. Uh, Freddie Prince Jr. Uh, well, n- not that I know of. I'll say that, I'll say that much. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I don't even think he works there anymore. Uh, good old Daniel Bryan Danielson himself. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do vaguely yeah. remember hearing about that. Yeah. Uh, Good guy, Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson, uh, one of basically one of the things that, that uh, sort of made him uh, or endeared him to the WWE enough to, to put him not just uh, as an on screen talent, but put him into the mix yeah. as creative was apparently he stormed into a SmackDown writers meeting while he was WWE champion and said simply, who are we building? Yeah. And no one had an answer. And he said, why not Mustafa Ali? He's young enough. He's good looking. He's skilled enough. Gosh, darn it. People like him. Exactly. Yeah. 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 He, he, <laughs> the Stuart Smalley <laughs> yes, affirmations. He, went, he yeah. went full Stuart Smalley. That's, uh-huh. that's actually how Brian, Brian, much how we speak in Simpsons references. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Danielson speaks almost exclusively in mid '90s SNL references. Yeah, 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 yeah. So if somebody comes up to him with 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 an idea that he doesn't like, he goes, "Hmm, well, isn't that special?" Yeah, exactly. He uh, <laughs> part of the reason why they actually were kind of happy to see him go in WWE. Yeah. Like, no one wants to tell you this. Uh-huh. Was he would hang out backstage in the writers' room. And when someone would come by with that script, he'd just go, hey, making copies. <laughs> like, he wouldn't uh, stop. Right, yeah. And and also I heard when he was backstage and, you know, his wife would walk by, he would put his guitar down and go, swing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's, that's 100% true. It was him and, and Cesaro. I and I can't tell you the invoices that I've seen piled up of coffee tables from when he was doing his Matt Foley impersonation. <laughs> Backstage at, at you know Staples Center, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. He, it got really out of and, hand. And the part that was really fucked up was how the other writers would go, "Otis, you should be doing this. <laughs> this is what you should be doing." And and uh, Otis said, "Well, I I would, but I'm too busy being on a steady diet of government cheese and living in a van down, down by, by the, the river. river." Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then you know. He got uh, asked to come back to his planet Remulac and uh, Narfle the Garfalk and you know, it, it all went and, and, and ate a there. shit ton of Subway. A lot of really quickly, too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> impressively quick. Uh, Freaky fast, if you will. But that's the other place. That's the uh, yeah, yeah. You can't, you can't say that. Yeah, well, that's the place. I don't. Uh, isn't the owner of that place like one of those big game hunter assholes? I, think. I don't know if it's if it's Jimmy John's uh, or sorry if it's James Jonathan's 
or uh, the New Jersey microphones. It's one of oh, the two yeah, yeah, yeah. I the, call I, them by their proper names. Yeah, the New Jersey microphones. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because the uh, the Devils is a uh, the Christian groups didn't like the the team name the New Jersey Devils, so they're now the New Jersey microphones. <laughs> Much to Kevin Smith's delight. <laughs> All right, I'm just gonna move us to New Japan. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, your buddies, Chris and Marty, got a chance to watch some additional New Japan this week. Uh, Probably the first first of many times this year where we'll just go, you know what? I've heard that's good. Let's watch that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Now the the pasta sprock is very dense. (laughs) (laughs) The the third day of Wrestle Kingdom, which we spoke about last week, uh, that being um, the New Japan versus Noah uh, mm-hmm. uh, show. Uh, that yep, was they on brought January the whole arc. 8th. Yeah, they, they, they did bring the entire arc. Yeah. Uh, that got uploaded to New Japan's New Japan World Service, and it got uploaded to the Wrestle Universe service that Noah is on. So if you follow either company, you can see the entire card. And uh, your boys decided to, to check out the matches that everyone were raving about. Um, actually, did you watch the main event also, Chris? Negative. Just the, just the okay. 10-man tag. I'll, I'll talk about that also, but uh, the the ten man tag, which was the Lij group versus uh, the Congo group from oh, Noah, yeah, absolutely fucking rolled. Yeah, there was there was a lot of good shit in there. Uh, I I think the thing that that I took away most from watching both these matches, and I'll talk about the the main event in a minute, was. For as you know, they still had a handful of great matches in 2020 and 2021. Yeah, but New Japan definitely got to this point of saturation because of the COVID restrictions, where they had this set smaller roster. Yeah, the same matches over the fuck over again, and you could tell that the idea of going against these Noah guys beyond the palpable sense of company pride, which by the way, this is what fucking survivor series should feel like. Yeah. Beyond that palpable sense of pride, you could tell that the new Japan guys were like, Ooh, new toys to play with. Yes. Yeah. 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 Everyone seemed even fucking Sonata seemed invested for the first time in ages. Yeah. He actually put some effort in. How about that? Uh, and uh, it, it was great from the, the, the unified front of Congo to all five members of LIJ getting five separate entrances. Fuck yeah, and squadding up real nice. That photo of all five on the getter is pretty fucking great. Yeah. Uh, and That's pro wrestling right there. And the match was just, uh, from the jump, uh, brawling in hate, which is really what it needed to be. Uh, yeah. New Japan group saying, fuck you, we're the best. Noah group saying, fuck your shit, we're the best. Yeah. Uh, Big moments between Shingo and, uh, and Keno. Uh, Keno and uh, Naito and um, Katsuhiko Nakajima. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you've never seen Nakajima, I, I, I think the way I texted it to you, Chris, is probably the best way to put it. It's it's if Shingo were as sleazy as Naito. Yeah, yeah, the, he, he's definitely a good amalgamation of the two. Yeah, uh, and, those and kicks, it, good lord. And it's funny because this is the first time I've seen Nakajima since he debuted in like the mid 2000s. Okay. Uh, and he was just, you know, kind of a, a gangly young lion who was wrecking shit in matches with Kenta Kobashi and guys like that. Now he's got this really, really hysterically ugly mustache yeah. and 
some super bleach blonde hair. Yep. Uh, but he still kicks like a motherfucker. And uh, it was so cool getting to see those guys play off, you know, the LIJ crew. And for as much as I was disinterested in the lineup of the New Japan Noah show, it feels like no, no one's done here. I, I think we're going to see more New Japan Noah matchups in, in the not too distant future. Well, yeah, as, as Kevin Kelly said multiple times throughout the uh, the match that, yeah. uh, you know, both. The you know you could tell the performers and the bookers in the back could uh, could smell the money from what right. was those matchups that were happening within that ten man tag. So yeah, I mean, give me Shingo versus well any of them honestly, uh, but yeah, yeah so specifically Kano and uh, and Nakajima, and then Naito and uh, was it Naito and Kano who had that crazy awesome sequence or yes. was it? Yeah, that was fantastic. You know, we Naito kept the shirt on, but he did not really hold back. It was yeah, yeah, yeah. I, was, I was some good Naito there. I, I kind of thought, if anything, uh, Naito rocking the t-shirt was kind of a subtle fuck you to the Noah group because I think yeah. Naito's self-aware about t-shirt Naito. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I think he knows that we know, and I mean, for him to show up at what is technically Wrestle Kingdom, right, and. Be like, fuck it, I'm wearing my shirt in this one. It, it's yeah. kind of like, uh, fuck you guys, I'm not working tonight. Yeah. <laughs> so then, of course, you know, the the Congo guys had to beat the fuck out of them. Um, yeah. Also, uh, props to uh, Congo for coming up what sounded like, coming out to what sounded like fucking Japanese Rise Against. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, their, their theme rules. Uh, I'll, ha- I'll have to look that up later. <laughs> Um, but the main event was uh, it, it was uh, from the New Japan side. It was Tanahashi and Okada, mm-hmm. and then from the Noah side, it was Keiji Muto and uh, Keto Kiyomiya. Uh, Kiyomiya is basically the star uh, that they're trying to build up in Noah. Yeah, uh, Muto had become a a top line guy for Noah, but of course, it has a lot of history with New Japan, including being easily you know the one-to-one comparison of who uh tanahashi is trying to be yeah um in uh new japan pro wrestling down to using the dragon dragon screws and everything this match was more about okada and kiyomiya going against each other to the point where in one of the coolest like character bits i've ever seen in a match tana and muto while uh okada and kiyomiya were beating the shit out of each other yeah, Tana and Muto just sat down on the ramp next to each other to watch the match happen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a baller flex right there. Though. Yeah, you yeah, know, and, like, and it's yeah, only two guys of that note that right. can really get pull away that with off. That? Yeah, and just like, be I, like, I put my, I put my, sh- I got my shit in. I'm gonna sit back and watch these two go at it. I got a front row seat here. Yeah, and uh, though Kiyomiya lost, he really took it to Okada, and and it, I feel like that's gonna be a big headline, headliner later this year. Uh, provided the companies can continue to work together. Cool. Um, but I, I thought that was really, really fun. Um, also, Chris, uh, I haven't watched any of the recent shows where they're in front of fans, where I, I've heard, uh, you know, it's better because that's true of all professional wrestling. But uh, there's reports coming out of last night's uh, New Japan Strong taping in Seattle that apparently was a really fucking great show. Okay, cool. Um, so I, I think I might start taking time to watch that uh, as opposed to, you know, NXT 2.0 or something like that. You've been uh, watching NXT 2.0? Uh, fast forwarding through it. <laughs> I've been watching bits and pieces. I, I want to feel like I know what's happening. And it's not it's really a terrible <laughs> time. Especially as Chris is now going, and you haven't fucking watched Succession yet? 
Uh, well, yeah, that was going to be my. Ne- I watched Ted Lasso. You know, yeah, I did my, yeah, did my I, parts. I I have to pay it back, but I I heard the the Seattle tapings were dope. Um, I will say. Uh, you know, opinions may be mixed on this. Jay White had a, a, a mystery opponent who he said was all elite, and his opponent was Jay Lethal. <sighs> <laughs> what a wet fart. Yes. Um, just some other <sighs> fun bits from around wrestling this week. Ring of Honor, sure as shit, announced Supercard of Honor will be taking place in April. Yeah, uh, okay. it will be in Texas, uh, WrestleMania weekend. It, however, will be going against. Uh, I, I believe that's when the AAA show is happening uh, at WrestleCon. WrestleCon has announced that AAA will be there, as will um, uh, a New Japan Strong taping. So, wow! Good luck and Godspeed for Ring of Honor trying to uh, bring in an audience uh, against what will probably be some fairly uh, heavily attended shows because also I think GCW again talking about them in a minute will be um, around running big shows because they've announced that the uh, the collective will be returning um, okay so we'll see but what I found particularly interesting about Supercard of Honor uh, being announced was this extra bit of news that Ring of Honor cutting down their titles list to the Ring of Honor men's world title women's world title and the tag team titles so they're doing wow, away with it. The, yeah, they're doing away with the pure title. They're doing away with the six man tag title. Um, they're doing away with the TV title and all of these Ring of Honor title defenses that have been on impact shows, yeah. GCW shows, that sort of thing. Apparently, they've worked out deals with all of these indies to air the matches on Ring of Honor TV. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and it also explains why, like, Ian Riccoboni has, had been at Impact right. to do announcing. He'd been at GCW to do announcing and, and so on. So okay, definitely interesting stuff to uh, to see that come together. I hope things work out uh, for Ring of Honor in this new uh, version that they're embarking on. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it remains to be seen how it actually plays out. Well, I mean, you know, they've uh, they've been an innovator before. Yeah. So, you know, they, like what next next month's their twentieth anniversary, right? Yes, indeed. February so. twenty twenty two will be twenty years, which is crazy. Yeah. So they definitely have the possibility to to you know make history again with a new an entirely new kind of way to do business in 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 pro wrestling in this day and age. Yeah, and and, and speaking of uh, something. Uh, uh, something I, I don't think any of us expected and, and something that sort of pushes the BDM forward a bit. Uh, GCW, Game Changer Wrestling, announced their big Hammerstein Ballroom show, which is next Sunday and is completely sold out. In addition to being on Fight TV, it will be airing live on traditional pay-per-view. What, 40 bucks? 50 bucks? I'm, I'm not sure how much they're asking for it. I haven't looked to do it myself. Honestly, I'm pretty surprised that that's what they're going to do uh, because I know it can't be cheap for the satellite trucks and all of yeah. that. And, and, you know, if you ask me, I don't know anyone who would be interested in GCW who doesn't already have a fight TV account. Right. Um, there. But uh, it's a very, very packed show. Uh, GCW tag team titles. We've got the Briscoes defending against uh, anyone in an open challenge. 
might be FTR. So FTR, there. yeah. <laughs> uh, we've got a uh, six-man lucha tag as it's Team Bandito, which is uh, Bandito, Laredo Kid, and a luchador I've never heard of before called ASF. Going okay. against Team Gringo, which is White Boy, Luchador, Gringo, Loco, Demonic, uh-huh. Flamita, and Arez. Okay. Should be really fun. Ring of Honor World Title will be on the line as Jonathan Gresham defends against Blake Christian. Oh, nice. Uh, right. Their women's star, Ali Ketch, will be going one-on-one with Ruby Soho. Wow. All right. Matt Cardona, who this past weekend at GCW shows, <laughs> won the ECW Television Championship and then threw away the ECW Television Championship. He will be going against Joey Janela. And then okay. in uh, an announcement that stunned me that it came out, John Moxley will be defending the GCW World Championship against Homicide. So I guess he's on Dynamite this week? Uh, yeah, I mean, some kind of surprise return or maybe just, you know, I don't know. But uh, that's an int- it was interesting the way it was was revealed um yeah. i mean he's a big draw for gcw clearly obviously so right. you you'd want to announce that ahead of time to get your if you're doing pay-per-view especially to get your buys in so right all yeah. right yeah so yeah we'll wait and see where where mox shows up on uh on aew where they're in uh where are they oh it's dc this week yeah they are in dc this week in fact let's hit the button Uh, two shows. They're going to be in D.C. on Wednesday, mm-hmm. and then they're going to be in D.C. on Friday with a live Rampage. Interesting that they're doing two show. They're doing Rampage live. Yeah. Normally, that means something big is happening. Yeah. Whether it is the Friday before a pay-per-view uh-huh. or uh, the first Rampage, which yeah. was live, or the punk date. The punk one, yeah. Uh, so I, I'm not sure what constitutes a reason to have a live rampage but as of today the wednesday show is completely sold out and nice. there's about 800 tickets remaining for the friday show um what's the capacity in that venue i don't know that about venue. four thousand. it's it's okay. not very big uh it's well, it, well i will say it is not you know uh, an nba arena Th- this is not no, it's, them it's doing not the, the MC- oh, wow center mci center i just fucking dated myself well, uh, <laughs> I, I also don't think it's called the verizon center anymore i could be wrong it's that's cap one arena I think. oh yeah it is it is so capital one we yeah. both aged ourselves there yeah uh, yeah, with, yeah. With our references um, the u.s air arena at landover <laughs> <laughs> you mean the capital center <laughs> yeah yeah um yeah but yeah i I, I don't know what the reasoning is going to be. Uh, the card is certainly interesting, and, and it comes off of a, a unique dynamite, to say the least, which we'll talk about in, in just a few moments. But uh, I, I got to wonder if the idea is like Mox shows up Wednesday and there's a big deal match on Friday. Yeah, I, it could I, be it. I, I don't really know what, what the plan is, but a um, few different things to, to talk about uh, AEW-wise before we get into our coverage of the show's proper uh, did you hear about the Toronto Star article, Chris? Uh, I saw a blurb about it regarding the violence and uh, WWE released some kind of statement about it. Yes. So the Toronto Star yesterday uh, released an article, and I'll just read the headline. Can Tony Khan's AEW beat Vince McMahon and WWE at its own game? 
strong headline. Uh, strong headline, especially for what is essentially, you know, a, a big time paper in Canada, equivalent to New York Times or Washington Post here in the States. Okay. All right. Uh, so it, it's basically just a breakdown of what they've done so far, how close they've gotten in the ratings, including tying 1849 this past week. Uh, but, uh, oh, it actually has a, a point by point explanation of the AEW signings, which came from WWE, which I think is also interesting, but the WWE were asked to respond to this and the official PR statement they threw out there was, <clears throat> if you look at the gory self mutilation that bloodied several women in the December 30 31st, I almost said 31st, 31st yep, event on TNT. It quickly becomes clear that these are very different businesses. We had an edgier product in the Attitude Era, and in a 2022 world, we don't believe that uh, that type of dangerous and brutal display is appealing to network partners, sponsors, venues, children, or the general public as a whole. Yeah, but let's pitch a uh, an angry Muslim terrorist. Okay, cool. <laughs> gotcha, Vince. Kids love Muslim terrorists. Yeah. Especially when they're not played by people from that region anyway <clears throat> um yeah uh there's a lot to take apart in there up to and including the fact that hey if you want to watch all of the wwe bloody content you can get it right now on the cock that's uh, right at any given time um and i will say they're not wrong in certain things because they've been the first to yell at a sponsor and say, Hey, look at all the blood on television and get sponsors pulled. Yeah. And yes, professional wrestling as a whole draws lower ad rates than other sports programming and, sure. and so on. And WWE has done a lot to sort of turn the tide that I would kind of imagine that AEW may be hurting, especially if they are a higher rated program that is pulling a lower ad rate. Um, it just comes across as extremely hypocritical, and it feels like the same shit they used to do in the WCW days, where they would talk about, you know, Hogan and Savage jumping over and how they're right. bloated with steroids and cutting their foreheads. How can you allow this, Ted Turner? It, it yeah. feels like the oh, same the sort humanity. of pearl clutching. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, that's from that playbook of both, you know, what Vince McMahon as a corporation has done and what Vince McMahon's political party has done in certain respects. Yes. It's all, it's all yeah. very uh, yeah. uh, in line, let's yes, say. Yes, very much in line. Um, but we'll see if uh, there's more retaliation in terms of uh, advertisers and that sort of thing. Because I, I feel like this war, though it is no longer being fought on Wednesdays, uh, is far from over. Uh, no, and of, of course, if you if you ask Eric Bischoff, it's not even close to being uh, a war as what it was. And I'm again I have to reiterate how sick I am of hearing his bullshit takes on things. But yeah, you know. he he doesn't understand why they still won't go on Mondays. And I will say the answer <laughs> is because they're smart. Yes. Yeah. So Dynamite was live on TBS this past Wednesday. Uh, it was uh, where were they in town? Uh, they were in North Kakalaka. Um, yes, the the um, Raleigh. Yes, and I don't have any proof beyond the fact that, you know, Dustin apparently tested positive for COVID and Cody was out on COVID leave, although apparently he himself did not have COVID, but he was exposed to someone who had COVID. Um, Chris, did this show feel to you like it was rebooked last minute? Because it certainly did to me. Um, I didn't really gather 
I didn't get that feeling, but explain your uh, why, why do you think so? Well, it started for me in this opening segment. So opening segment was uh, not quite the Undisputed Era of Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish coming out. Uh, yeah, they usually don't open with promos. That, they that, don't that's, open with promos. Yeah, that's true. Fair. Then you had the Bucks come out and interrupt. Uh, but the Bucks and Red Dragon were talking about wanting the tag titles. And then you had uh, uh, the best friends get in the face of, you know, not quite the elite. Yeah. Uh, and we had not only Chris Statlander get in the face of Adam Cole, but Britt Baker join this new version of the elite. And yeah. Britt Baker in doing so did not have Rebel, did right. not have Jamie Hader. In fact, the only thing that they seem to build to with uh, Britt there is a future match. And yes, we're getting a, a mixed tag on this coming Wednesday. A future right. match with Chris Statlander, which is weird because Chris is currently in a feud with Layla Hirsch. I'm not opposed to people being in more than one feud at once, but it felt like uh, we need a segment. And Britt, you should be part of the Elite Net. Like, it felt very, like, slapped together. Okay. All right. And maybe I'm wrong, but it it, it something about it felt... Like they were throwing things together by the seat of their pants. The other bit was uh, later on in the show, they had Bear Country against the Acclaimed, which Uh died a thousand deaths in front of that crowd, which was a shame because I thought all four guys worked hard. And they did, but the crowd was awful. It was not a good crowd down there. No, but also that match went super long. Yeah. So it felt like there was maybe a segment they lost. And they had, they just said, okay, you four guys go out there and have a 15 minute match when originally maybe they were set for seven or eight. Yeah, maybe, 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 you know, I, you know, uh, my critical thinking is not, uh, prevalent. Let's say I kind of just, you know, I'll watch it and yeah. And you know, I get it. Chris Statlander showed up in the, uh, first segment and appeared. She was going to do death by snoo snoo on Adam Cole and that'll distract anybody. Goddamn right it will. So, sign, uh, sign me up. After this segment, uh, we had a video package with Wardlow, and then Wardlow comes out with sweet looking new gear, probably because yeah. he's going face real soon, yeah. uh, as he faced CM Punk. And I enjoyed this match. The I, first time when it was Diesel versus Bret Hart back in uh, <laughs> 1998. I just don't know why we needed nine power bombs. Or, sorry, almost nine power bombs. It just further adds the... Uh, well, Wardlow has typically been doing four or five. And he yes. was about to go for the pin. Yes, and but, he had a then, visual pin. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. No, he there. had the win. The win yes. was there, but then MJF stopped him. It was like, and because, I need more. Yeah, in, in, in the kayfabe story... Wardlow is employed by MJF and not by AEW. Right. So he has to, you know, bend to his uh, every will. So, you know, he asked for more power bombs. So he got them. But the thing that really took me out of it is Punk was power bombed through a table, and yet that wasn't a uh, disqualification. Yeah, I was a little confused by that also. I, I saw some people say, well, it's up to referees' discretion in AEW, and like just last week, Hangman went through a table during the the match with uh, um, with Brian and uh, Phoenix got choke slammed through a table um, by Luchasaurus. Yeah. So like, I guess there's allowance for it. But I, I agree. You know, having Wardlow lose by DQ for doing the table spot 
possibly more effective than the Bret Hart style roll up pin. Yeah. I mean, it's more, I mean, the, the end of this is obviously Wardlow turning on MJF. I mean, we've been building towards yes. this for a while now, and it and, certainly and, seems like it's about to, to you know, come to a head. Yes. And so, when, we, when we had that at the end of this segment, we had that last second tease of yeah. Wardlow turning on MJF. Like, for a crowd that was dead, they were throwing their panties in the air for yeah. this moment. I mean, MJF's good at getting heat, man. He is. He's very good at that. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a a little odd and I think it ran a little long. Um, yeah. And, uh, most prominently Brian Alvarez and and Lance storm were critical of this segment saying it got Wardlow over more than the punk MJF feud. But in my head, I'm like, and it kind of both. Yeah. Punk kind of looked like a bitch at the end of it, but I, I thought it got both stories over. Yeah, but I also don't feel like it really hurts Punk stock too much. Yeah, I mean, Punk is a forty-year-old guy who's was been out of bit been out of business for seven years. Yeah, and he meets this monster of a, a blue chipper who just is stronger than him, taller than him, bigger than you know in, in every way, and he got dominated. Um, so you know, I didn't, I didn't really think think of it that way, but you know, yeah, fuck do I know? Taz then joined commentary with Dante Martin versus Powerhouse Hobbs, a match I enjoyed a lot, and I wish there wasn't so much goddamn interference in, as uh, Ricky yeah. Starks basically played Dick Togo and <laughs> kept getting involved. Uh, yeah. Ultimately, a shirtless Jay Lethal appears and takes uh, Starks out of the mix, which confuses Hobbs and allows Dante to get the win. Yeah, there was a lot going on there, and uh, Jay Lethal with Dante Martin is not something I ever want to see. No, no. Uh, and I will say, with everything going on, basically going find-replace Leo Rush with Jay Lethal, not a great look. <laughs> not a great look. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't yeah. really think about it that way, but yeah, yeah. Not, as you, not as you pointed you know, out. You know, Matt yeah, Seidel, who has a history with, sure. uh, with uh, Dante Martin, that that could have made a little bit more sense. Hell, Lee Moriarty might have made more sense. But yeah, Jay Lethal yeah, being added to the mix, uh, not so great. And it, it would appear for one particular reason, even with the angle they ran on Rampage, where right. I'm like, oh, great. That's that's a match I don't care to see. Um, <laughs> just yeah. weird. Uh, also weird, uh, Chris Jericho backstage flanked by the inner circle. Jake Hager back for the first time in a few weeks. I don't know if he had COVID or what, but he was there for some reason. I'm pretty sure he doesn't believe in vaccines. Yeah, so I wouldn't be shocked. Um, he said that if uh, 2.0 tried to interfere in the TNT Championship main eventing tonight with Sammy Guevara, a member of the Inner Circle, the Inner Circle will get in their way and stop them. So Kingston got up in uh, Jericho's face and said, hey, if, uh, if it weren't for you, Santana and Ortiz would be tag team champions. Santana's like, fuck this shit. You know, I have nothing to do with this. And Jericho said that uh, if Kingston gets involved, he'd kick his ass. And then said, GFY, because there's nothing cooler than a 50-something-year-old man hinting at swear words. Yeah, that was that was, that was pretty lame. And why couldn't have Sammy been a part of this as well? I mean, he was kind of... No know, idea. Cry- well, I guess he was preparing for his match or something, but... I guess. You know, it's weird to have the squad incomplete to talk about squad shit, you know? Yeah, it, it was it was definitely weird. Um, and 
Uh, I will say, kudos AEW. You do not currently have a Chris Jericho GFY t-shirt on shopaew.com. Yet. Yeah, it's going to be up on Wednesday, I'm sure. MJF then came out on the ramp. He said, uh, you know, Punk had to feel like absolute shit after getting beat up by Wardlow. And he said, next week, Punk will take his first L. And he says to the crowd, you want the match? You want the match? Next week, you're going to get the match. CM Punk versus Sean Spears. I can think of only maybe two people in the world who want this match. (laughs) One of which is Sean Spears. The other one is Cassie Lee, because at yes. least he's out of the house. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly my point. I do not get fucking Sean Spears, man. Still, I just, he is, that promo was blah. Yeah, yeah, it was It was real bad. We'll, we'll, we'll get into was that. Was that on Rampage? Or that was on that? Rampage. Okay. We'll get into that one. Uh, Super Click and Red Dragon were backstage. Uh, this was to set up the mixed tag we're having on Wednesday of Adam Cole and Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander and OC. Uh, Hangman Page came out to do a promo, got a big reaction, said over the past month, he spent 90 minutes in the ring with one of the best of the world, and uh, he was the champion, had his hands raised in victory, and now he wants a new challenger. So out comes Dan Lambert, right, and everyone's yeah. probably thinking, oh, the men of the year are going to be, one of the two of them are going to be the next challenger. And honestly, I was kind of in my head going, fuck yeah, give me Ethan Page versus Hangman Page, yeah. for, Battle of the Pages, winner gets Yeah, or even Scorpion there, hell yeah. Yeah, like that, I, I would love that for a throwaway Dynamite main event, like... Didn't I mean, didn't Scorp and um, Frankie have a match against Omega and uh, Page at one point? You I know think? what, I think they did, and I feel like it, yeah. it, it ruled. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Lambert uh, was talking shit about Cody Rhodes and said that um, Page has earned everything except for the cowboy persona. And to uh, not disrespect the legacies of the cowboy wrestlers who came before, like Stan, Larry, and Hanson, and so on. And as he's rambling, Lance Archer's music hits. Hell yeah. Archer runs down. Hop. Beats the fuck out of Paige and hits a blackout through a chair where Paige went, I'm going to wait to the last <laughs> possible second to yeah. flip over for the blackout. Yeah, that was a very late rotation. It made me very yeah. uneasy. Yeah, it's, it, it's kind of like some of the best Jeff Hardy uh, swan times where you're just yes. like, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't know I wanted this match, but now I really, really do. And it ties in to Hangman Page returning for that ladder match this past summer and beating the crap out of Lance Archer. So yeah, they, yeah, yeah. yeah. And there was some history between Archer and uh, Lambert as well. So yes. Yeah, there, that, was a, there was a little something for everybody there. And yeah. I, I, I thought that segment was great. And it made a lot of sense. Unlike this segment, where Arn Anderson was backstage with Brock Anderson and Lee Johnson, who are apparently a team. I'm guessing they've teamed together on Dark. I don't watch Dark or Elevation in full, so I can't tell you. Yeah. And for some reason, FTR, who are walking around like they're the best guys in professional wrestling, want to wrestle these two chumps. Yeah, I mean, I guess they're trying to pad their record or something. I don't, I don't know. I, mean, I, I know don't the, know. The, and, and I, know I the think Tully it was the and Arn Tully thing. Is, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. But I was just like, why? Why would I give a, a single iota of shit about this? Uh, maybe they just want Arn to, you know, reach it in the pocket and become Armed Anderson. I don't know. I guess. Well, we got Serena Deeb versus Hikaru Shida. Shida Did not gets, go the way I expected. <laughs> yeah, Shida gets taken out during the entrance. And uh, Deeb just works the knee, works the leg, beats the fuck 
out of Sheeta. Yeah. Uh, hits the Serenity Lock, gets the win, and then uh, beats up Sheeta's knee with the kendo stick. That's writing out Sheeta as she's going back to Japan for a little while. Okay, all right. I guess that was planned then. Yeah, um, but uh, I, I will say definitely the least need to watch of all of the Deeb Sheeta matches so far. Well, yeah, well, there wasn't much happening there. Right. Um, then Jurassic Express and Christian Cage were backstage wishing the best for Ray Phoenix, and they said, all right, you're in the top five. Open challenge. And guess who's in the top five? John Dark Silver Court. and Alex Reynolds. Yeah, sorry. I didn't know if you do a rhetorical question or not. <laughs> <laughs> they pop up and issue a challenge for Rampage. Then we had Penta versus Matt Hardy, which really could have been just 10 minutes of them dueling with Delete in uh, Zero Mito Chance. <laughs> because uh, the, the North Carolina cloud, excuse me, North Carolina crowd was super into it. Yeah, they were. I mean, it's hard to not be in the Penta, especially when he's in his OG gear, the gear yes. that helped me fall in love with the guy. So, yeah, I popped up I'm, in that. And you had, as I said, no, over text, I'm a pentasexual. Uh, yeah. I, and Penta, by the way, continuing to in kayfabe, love nothing more than another Penta. Yeah, absolutely getting hyped up for the guy in the front row wearing a Penta mask. Yeah. One of the most wholesome things ever on AEW television. Yeah. Like the, the legit smile on his face when he turned to, to go into the ring afterwards was was uh, it warmed the heart. Yeah, it's pretty great. And I mean, for uh, e- even acknowledging that was definitely a full grown ass adult. Oh, yeah. In the Penta mask. It was, but, it was the equivalent of, like, me wearing a Penta mask. Yes. But, like, how cool must it be for that guy to get Penta's eye? And Penta's like, we're doing the Zero Mirror together. Let's yeah. do it. Like, oh, shit. Oh, yeah. shit. Like, this is why we need next time AEW is uh, the, not the next time. The next next time. Because yeah. this next time sounds like a terrible idea to go. Um Next time AEW is in our neck of the woods, we should get front row tickets and we should get you a Penta mask. That's all I'm saying. I'm game. (laughs) Uh, Penta ends up winning with the fear factor. After the match, Penta starts yelling about Malachi Black in Spanish, which would be awesome. I want that match. Lights go out. I yell Sabu. Sabu. Cats get startled. They run around everywhere. Your wife rolls her eyes. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) She's upstairs. She doesn't know what's going on. Uh, Malachi Black appears, takes out Alex Abrahantes, takes out Penta, and here come the Varsity Blondes. Yeah. And what I thought was interesting, and I, I can't recall if they actually pointed this out on commentary, Julia starts yelling at the Varsity Blondes to stop. I did notice that, yeah. I don't know if that was, like, because they need to do the lights out and you guys are taking too long. Or if that's a, like, oh, in kayfabe, she feels bad for Malachi Black. Yeah, the the poison mist will change your, uh, you know, mental allegiances, perhaps. And then as soon as the Varsity Blonde stop, lights go out again. Well, first Malachi Black is sitting there laughing in the middle of oh the yeah ring, that's true that's true which while, was while great, they've stopped yeah yeah yeah. which was a great look lights go out again and holy shit the arena starts chanting brody king yeah would not was not expecting that lights come back on motherfucking brody king's there yeah. and he just murks everybody and then he and uh, yeah, Malachi Black Santon in the in the corner was oh, fucking was brutal. gorgeous. But they uh, he and Black do their finish where it's like uh, uh, Black picks up the guy and tosses him 
to Brody King. Yeah. Just crazy looking. And uh, per Excalibur on uh, commentary, it sounds like they're going with their uh, PWG name, Kings of the Black Throne, which is super brutal. Awesome. Just awesome. Speaking of brutal, but on the other side of things, we went backstage with Chris Statlander, Red Velvet, and Layla Hirsch. (laughs) Clearly a pre-tape. And I ask you, this was the best take you had? (laughs) We did 500 takes. This was the best one. (laughs) (laughs) Not good. Um, Layla Hirsch got in Chris Statlander's face uh, about taking on another match before they finished their trios match on Rampage. uh, Because that feud must Must continue. continue. Then we had the Acclaimed versus Bear Country. We talked about this. I thought it was a good match. Just the crowd gave zero fucks. Which was yeah, well, I mean, Bear Country have gotten zero kind of, you know, they've been in a couple matches, but that's yeah. about it. There's no, nothing about them has been kind of explained where, you know, whether, what are their motivations, or, uh, no, really no storylines. They, they were basically just a plug and play tag team, which, you know, they're, they're fine in the ring. The, my, the match was good, but, you know, I'd, I'd like at least a little something, like give them a pre-tape vignette or something showing me what they're all about. Yeah, yeah, they 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 definitely need a, a little bit of something more there. Uh, the acclaimed win, and then after the match, here comes Sting. North Carolina is going crazy like the Beatles showed up. Yeah, and then uh, Darby Allen pops up uh, doing. I, a tope I feel like with Sting would get a bigger pop in North Carolina than the Beatles would, though. Uh, undoubtedly. Yeah. Undoubtedly. <laughs> um, Darby hits a dive with a skateboard, murking Caster, yep. and then uh, Sting takes out uh, Bowens with the bat. Sting hits bangs up the boombox too. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's that's true. That poor boombox. R.I.P. Uh, Sting and Darby stand tall. Then we had a video promo from Pac. Uh, this ruled. It was creepy and weird. It was apparently uh, Pac uh, now completely blind, but his vision has never been so clear. I so. hope they do some kind of gimmick where he has you know clearly some kind of blindfold that he could see through to wrestle a match with, oh, a, yeah. with a blindfold on. I feel like if, that's the way it has to go, right? I, I would imagine, like, some <clears throat> type of... You know what? It's probably going to be similar fabric to what they use to, like, cover up, like, Luchador's eyes in their masks. Where yeah. Where they, they like can still kind of see screen. well enough to work. Yeah. Um, You know, probably some sort of gauzy thing. So, like, yeah. you can see the shape of the guy you're going against, but maybe not all the detail. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that... That can make it work. Absolutely. Then you had your main event, Sammy Guevara versus Daniel Garcia. And God damn it, this actually felt like a great time to pull the trigger on Garcia. Yeah, aside from when you look at the fact that like his record is not the best. Fair. Fair. But, but he's I- been highly um, prominently featured, we'll yes. put it that way, yeah. uh, over the past couple months here. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, then again, you know, it's to the it would have been to the expense of Sammy Guevara again, yeah. you know, to win the title and then lose it very quickly. Well, again. I, I feel like he's going to lose this interim title real fast also. Eh, maybe. Um, but Garcia ruled. I mean, they both ruled here. Like, I, I love the scrappiness of this match. At the yes. Start. It, it felt like they wanted to beat the fuck out of each other, which, yeah. you know, is awesome. And uh, the one bit where uh, uh, Sammy went for the GTH. But Garcia gets out of it on the way down and then puts him in a fucking sharpshooter. Yeah. Like, that ruled. That was yeah. so cool. And it was so freaky smooth. Um, which is a shame because the, the GTH that Gravara hit 
Garcia with for the finish looked fake as hell, even though it looked like for a minute there, Garcia was going to land directly on the top of his head. Like the knee looked real chintzy. It was it was not good. Yeah, it wasn't the smoothest that we've seen, but, you know, the match was fine. Pretty good overall. And then, unfortunately, this became all a backdrop to uh, Jericho and Kingston versus 2.0. And I just was like, even though I love Eddie Kingston, he's he's my dude. Uh, I do not care for him being in this feud with Jericho or 2.0. And I like 2.0. It's just this is dumb. <laughs> I feel like it's it's run its run its course, though, you know, which is funny because like... at least beat wise, it's just getting started. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, well, you know, maybe Mox will show up and beat the shit out of uh, Jericho just because. That'd be great. Kind of what I'd like to see. That's That'd all. be great. And then uh, on Friday. It was Rampage, and it was, a, a again, a very, very good show. Um, they are very good at putting together a sweet one hour show. Uh, show kicks off with a dope Adam Cole Trent Barretta match where Trent Barretta said I know my neck was just repaired but I'm going to try to break it for you fans at home yeah uh, we appreciate your uh, your sacrifice Trent Trent yeah uh, Trent deciding at one point to take uh, being thrown in the barricades completely on his neck I, yeah. I don't know how you do that well but, I mean uh, he spent a lot of time in Japan around Kota Ibushi so you learn from the best <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. <laughs> How soon I forget. Yeah. Uh, but this match was a hell of an opener. Uh, hell of a showcase for Trent as a singles yeah. guy. Yes, Adam Cole got the win, but I'd love to see these guys against each other again. Yeah, sure. And I'm sure, you know, we'll see iterations of this elite versus best friends feud going forward, probably leading to a revolution. Un- undoubtedly. Uh, in fact, I'm kind of wondering if we're going to get the blow off for this before revolution, because it also feels like Cole's being set up as the pay-per-view guy for page. Cause I keep talking about him being undefeated and being number one. Oh yeah. Champions. Yeah, so. that's fair. I wonder my question, like I know it's smart to have Brian off for a week or two after taking that L. Yeah. I'm curious where Brian goes next. That's yeah. really intriguing. Yeah. And we've got Mira ready to come off the DL real soon. Oh yeah. I forgot about Mira. So, Hell yeah. We'll see. We had a pre-tape package highlighting the feud between Thunder Rosa and Mercedes Martinez. And I got to be honest with you, Chris, for the moments where they had one of them cutting the promo on the other and they weren't on screen, I didn't know who was yelling at the other. (laughs) They sound creepily like each other. They They do sound similar to each other. Yeah. It was weird. Yeah. Sean Spears went against Andrew Everett, and I was all pumped that Everett was getting a spot on AEW. So, of course... He gets all of one spot in the match and is murdered in less than a minute. Yeah, by Sean Spears of all people. Um, I went to get a snack at this yeah. point. And then uh, Sean Spears cuts a promo that if you just listen to what he said and forget about reality, it makes it sound like he's fucking Brian Danielson. I didn't really pay attention to it. I fucking can't stand that guy. He's like a lazier, less exciting Randy Orton to me. <laughs> he's just yelling about how, you know, but not as good. He was unappreciated and he's going to make his name and blah, 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 blah. Go away. Who cares? Go away forever. Six woman tag. It was Chris Statlander, Layla Hirsch, and Red Velvet against Nyla Rose, Penelope Ford, and the Bunny. And of course, the faces can't get along. They could not coexist. Who knew? Yeah, turns out. And uh, the heels won. So good on you, Nyla Rose, Penelope Ford, and the bunny. 
What was the nasty spot in that match? Wasn't there something? Uh, oh, it was Statlander putting that? Uh, oh um, yeah, the the spider crab. The spider crab with Penelope Ford and like wrenching her fucking. I like she broke her fucking neck. I can't believe she was able to move her head afterwards. I was like, ah, god. Yeah, that was brutal. Then we had the aforementioned Jay Lethal promo on Ricky Starks getting in his face, getting Taz all fired up. <laughs> fired up. Yeah. I do enjoy a fired up Ricky Starks promo, though. That guy. Oh, yeah. No, he, he can cut a promo for days, but uh, don't really care for Jay Lethal. Then uh, the main event was Jurassic Express defending the tag team titles against John Silver and Alex Reynolds, minus a little bit of sloppiness of uh, the finish. This match fucking ruled. Yeah. Very fired fun. up John Silver is the best thing in the world, and Alex Reynolds does such great combinations of his spots Yep, that like against a duo like Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus who very clearly uh, have a million and one ideas and want to try sure. to do as many of them as possible like it, yeah. it just felt like we were seeing new innovations in tag wrestling throughout this match. Um, yeah, very very much enjoyed it. was fast paced. You had a lot of crazy spots. Yeah. Um, you know, you had Anna Jay on the outside rooting for both teams internally. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And uh, Reynolds is the one taking the pin, so clearly they're trying to protect Silver still. So that's smart. That's good. I mean, you know, he's Reynolds is definitely the genetic of that that group. So <laughs> sorry, Reynolds. You're sorry. I mean, I, and I, I don't dislike Reynolds at all, yeah. but you know, if you're looking at the uh, the pros and con list of the two, Johnny <laughs> Hungy. Yeah, 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 there you go. Johnny Hungy has the uh, has more pros than cons. So this week in DC, just uh, hop, skip it, a jump down I ninety five. say Wednesday on Dynamite, we've got Adam Cole and Britt Baker against Orange Cassidy and Chris Statlander in a mixed tag match. CM Punk versus Sean Spears, Sting and Darby Allen versus the acclaimed Serena Deeb versus Sky Blue. Lee Johnson and Brock Anderson versus FTR, the Kings of the House of Black, or whatever the fuck they're called. I just said the name was awesome. I forgot what it is. Uh, <laughs> Malachi Black and Bernie King against Varsity Blondes. Kings and Cody House. Rhodes returns. Yeah, great. Cody Rhodes returns. Uh, really, I, I can't believe you gloss over this. Yeah. Uh, we got the music video from the Acclaimed. Oh, shit. I totally forgot to mention the music video. <laughs> that music Which... video was great. I just want to say, uh, attention Viacom, please uh, uh, prepare all video music awards to be awarded to the acclaim in 2022. Please and thank you. Men going through a goth phase. <laughs> so fucking good, great. Good stuff. I love yeah. it. I loved it. It was. And awesome. I love the weird derpy guy that they got to dress as Sting. That was. <laughs> I want to know who was that. Somebody I didn't recognize who it I, was. I didn't recognize who it was. It I'm looked like it, it may have been like Orin from Parks and Rec or like yeah. some some weird lanky uh, guy in, in Sting face paint. It was yeah. it was great. But uh, should be a fun show in our neck of the woods, ladies and gentlemen. If you are going to Dynamite or Rampage, uh, and you are in the listening area, uh, hey. Bring the if you still have it. Bring the fat head of Chris. That would make me real happy to see. That I have it. It's in my basement. Oh shit! There isn't more than one. <laughs> I don't think so. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, since we're not going, I guess no one's head will be really large there. Well, you know that that's a lie. It's not my basement. I have it uh, plastered above my bed. Skin <laughs> look up in the morning. Go. Yeah. See, that's the one on my side. The one on my wife's side is the Justin fat head, which is. <laughs> Slightly suspect, but you know, <laughs> what are you gonna do? <laughs>
The Rough House Podcast is a weekly podcast fueled by coffee, pizza rolls, and the stench of dirty litter boxes. Follow Christoph and Marty on Twitter at RoughHouseSGW, at Facebook.com slash The Rough House Podcast, and at Patreon.com slash The Rough House Podcast for early access to episodes, exclusive podcasts, Rough House redos, and Rough House Divided movie trivia games. New episodes drop every single Monday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, and wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Subscribe, motherfuckers! This is the, the Rough, House, Rough pod. House uh podcast with Justin and Christoph. That's it. Fuck Christoph. He's terrible with his information. Okay. Hey, this is The Rock. Shut your mouth, jabronis, and listen up, because this is the Rough House podcast with Marty and my least favorite man on the planet, Christoph. Life is too short for you to live bland. Hello, this is Sean Connery for the Rough House Podcast's new sponsor, Cesaro Spice. Add a little Cesaro to the situation and spice it up a little. Bitch wife making that bland bitch chili of hers? A pinch of Cesaro Spice will add that necessary zing to keep you from giving that whore a giant swing. Cesaro Spice. Stuck in traffic and the missus won't stop yammering? A sprinkle of Cesaro Spice in her mouth will shut her up real good like. Shut her up real good. Cesaro Spice. Trapped in a board meeting where the boss won't stop yammering and jammering and mammering. Neutralizes bullshit with some Cesaro Spice. It's essentially Old Bay, but we changed the label and... Large Swiss man. You know, like the rolls. Or sprinkling someone's eyeballs. Cesaro Spice. Surprise her by laying the outer layer of one of your Trojan condoms in. Cesaro Spice. Heat up that pussy with Cesaro Spice. Spicing up life's blander situations. Cesaro Spice. Snort that shit with your dickhole.